Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. My, how the mighty have fallen. Welcome on in, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. My name is Shay Cornette, and your name is... Why do you always do that? Like, you're just going <laughs> to let me say my name. My name's Jordan Cornette. Because I feel bad. I talk for like four minutes in the beginning, and you say nothing. I'm just trying to give you the it's what floor. the public wants. Give the people what they want. I'm Jordan Cornette. I am the other half, the lesser half <laughs> of the Cornette duo here. At Doing our you, thing for the next four hours. At least you know your role. Uh, we are filling in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin over the next couple of days, so we hope you'll stay with us here this morning. And I think Jordan might be the only Bengals fan that lives in the state of Connecticut and works in this building. I don't know. I'm mad at you. <laughs> I'm not Because sure. what I tweeted out after the Bengals shocked the world, the NFL world, on the heels of what we, we saw the, the, the Jets be able to do against the Rams – Said to you, I'm a Cincinnati native. I'm a diehard Bengals fan. It's the only team that I hold down from the city I grew up in there in Cincinnati. I said, I'm wearing my Joe Burrow jersey. I'm going to get on set here for the next four hours, and I'm going to support the Bengals. Because I've never seen in the history of this illustrious network any personality at ESPN support the Bengals. And that's why I want to wear the Bengals jersey, and Shea goes, don't do that. Well, it's a Burrow jersey. He didn't even play last night. I feel like it didn't make but sense. But that just shows you what's coming. For the Bengals, but I digress. digress. Um, Well, you know, what's not coming is the Pittsburgh offense. I don't know where it went, but it was not present last night, not even a little bit against the Bengals. Uh, The Steelers have now lost three in a row. They fall to the Bengals 27 to 17. They've dropped from the number one seed to the third seed in just the last three weeks. Last night, Pittsburgh was favored by 14 and a half points. So it matches its biggest upset loss since 1966. It's the second largest upset in Monday Night Football history. Point is, I don't think anyone saw this coming last night. The Bengals looked like the more dominant team, the more physical team. They weren't as careless with the football. Their quarterback was more accurate and more mobile. I mean, all around, I don't even think the score reflects how much more dominant I thought the Bengals were than the Steelers. The Bengals. You're talking about the Bengals. I, I can't even believe I'm saying this either. Like, I understand this. It, Normally, it, when we talk about the Bengals in Cincinnati, we talk about Chile. Like, we're talking about. Chile is real. Though. It is real. Uh, it, look, to <laughs> me, this is this has got to be. I, I, they try to tell us the Steelers can't relax, relax. Try this with the A Rod uh, when, when Aaron Rodgers said a few seasons ago to Packers Nation, relax. They relax for good reason. But you're looking at a Steelers team that ha- and, a, and a franchise and organization has to be in full panic mode. You come into that game, you've lost the last two coming into what was supposed to be a get-right game versus the Bengals. It wasn't their backup quarterback in Brandon Allen that, they, that the Steelers were facing for the Bengals. It was a third-string quarterback that was thrust into the starting role in Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley was able to do whatever he wanted in this game. How the Steelers started the game is the biggest question mark to me. It was a get right. It was show everybody, hey, we were this team at one point at 11-0 that everybody was celebrating, and they came out flat. They came out like they were looking past this game, like they were going to clinch the AFC North, and it was going to be handed to them. That was not the case. Bigger than that, Shay, the inability for the Steelers to run the football. Remains uh, a problem. But they ran it decently in this game. Benny Snell gave them about 84, 85 yards in that game. They ran it just a little bit. Not enough, you're right, but it wasn't the problem. The drops from the receivers wasn't the problem. Ben Roethlisberger was the problem. How he started that game and how he played throughout that game was the problem. The 38-year-old no longer has it. And maybe the DAC is stacked against him because teams now aren't intimidated by the ability to run, aren't intimidated by the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line, aren't intimidated by the, the deep threats, no matter the weapons on that roster. Ben can't throw the deep ball. Ben can't be accurate in the intermediate throws. 
And quite frankly, he looked lost, and it looked like the game had passed him by in watching that one. The reason they lost yesterday was solely because of Big Ben. Okay, so let's have some numbers here to back that up. Big Ben last night, 20 of 38 for 170 passing yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. He was one of 12 on passes thrown 10 or more yards downfield, to your point, including 0 of 7 on such passes in the first half. So there were no passes essentially thrown more than 10 yards last night by Big Ben. I mean, wildly inaccurate would probably be an understatement. Did he look lost? Yes. But do I think this is who he is as a quarterback week in and week out? No. I mean, come on. You're not going to sit here. I know you're sitting here and saying, he's done. It's over. I mean, come on. We've seen three bad games, three offensively bad games. Those weren't all his fault. Last night, yes, Big Ben didn't look right. But this is not who he is typically as a quarterback. Offense lacks any kind of real explosion. He can't hit that deep ball. And yeah, you're right, Shay. At one point this year, he was getting a little bit of buzz for like an MVP. It was because of how that team was doing, how they were feasting on a weaker schedule. You go back and look at that 11-0 start, they were able to sneak by some teams, take advantage of some teams that are good now that were struggling then, and quite frankly beat some bottom feeders. That's how they got to 11-0. And that's why people should have looked at this team and said, okay, they're undefeated at this point. They're not really that dangerous. I look at the remainder of the schedule for, for the Steelers. Uh, where Where's the get-right game now? Where is the ability yeah, to clinch this thing? Against the Colts? When they look at the Colts this coming week, they're going to see a team that they hoped they were. A veteran quarterback in Phillip Rivers who's getting the job done. A defense that is an elite defense consistently. And a team that can truly compete and can truly uh, to run the win ball, the Super too. Bowl and can run the football. Yeah, They're going to be looking at a Colts team that was supposed to be the Steelers and all that's gone. I don't think the Steelers win another game this season or in the postseason. I think you've seen the last win from the Steelers, and it came three weeks ago. Okay, I I will just say this, though. Can we just all put this in perspective? Like, the NFL is such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately, short-memory kind of league. Like, it changes drastically, day-to-day, week-to-week. You're saying this now, but now if the Steelers turn things around and let's not rule out a veteran like Ben Roethlisberger or a coach like Mike Tomlin or those receivers that they have or if James Conner comes back. I mean, there are... and we James Conner comes back. What was James Conner doing when he was healthy? Jordan, there were, we had him on our fantasy team, so don't do that. You were mad that we put him on Because there. he's not always healthy. He's not always when active. When he was out there, he wasn't doing it. Where I will maybe ride with you, this is where I'll maybe ride with you, that this thing somehow magically gets flipped. And I'm only riding with you because we are bound by marriage and I'm always supposed to have your back. <laughs> That's right. You, you talk to him. That's the true. The only way I can see that maybe the Steelers turn this around is if you look at the rigors of the schedule and what COVID has done to this team and the position Thank it's you. put them in because of scheduling. They have played their third game in 12 days. They're coming off of that. But they had a, a week prep for this one. And it was against the Bengals. And they looked really flat. And a third team quarterback. But maybe they've hit the wall. Maybe they've hit that wall. Maybe they needed to flush this out, this three-game stretch, where three games in 12 days was simply too much for them. They've been shell-shocked. They've gotten that out of the system. This is just a a, a very rear-view thing these last three games, and they get back to being truly tested by a Colts team that they really respect, go out there and get a win that builds their confidence back. Because you know Mike Tomlin is at his best when they are the underdog. They came into this one a heavy favorite. They are not good in that role, and it showed in this game. Please. They have not been an underdog. You wanted me to ride with you. I'm I know, but to find let's a way be honest. To ride with I you. mean, a team that was undefeated hasn't been the underdog in a hot minute. Okay, here's the Pittsburgh Steelers' remaining schedule. They obviously lost last night to the Bengals. Now they have the Colts at home, and then they have to go to Cleveland and face the Browns for the last game of the season. A tall task. 
as you just mentioned. And what's the mindset of the Steelers right now? Well, last night after the game, Cam Hayward said, I'm not just disappointed. I'm actually aggravated. Here's Cam Hayward. Take a listen. I'm just pissed off. We just lost a damn game. And um, I think that's the way our team feels. Um, We're not feeling sorry for ourselves, but we got to get the job done. Yeah, and you don't have a lot of time to do it. Hit him, hit him, hit him with the Drake. What would you say in postgame? I'm upset. <laughs> oh, upset. That's right. Let him know, Shay. Do it one more time. I'm upset. <laughs> it's, he's upset. I mean, it's true. And you should be. You looked like it's my junk yesterday. It's it, my you favorite looked like thing. absolute think, junk last night. I think Cam Newton, or Cam Newton, we'll get to him later on in the show. <laughs> Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward, I, I think he took a little bit more on than was was needed. He said the defense isn't doing enough for the offense. Cam, I think you got it backwards. That offense ain't doing enough for the defense. Come on, though. That defense They looks- gave him a short field three times at the beginning of the game. Ben Roethlisberger lost that game in the first quarter of it. In that first half, it was a done deal. No matter what happened after that, they were playing from too far behind because of their Hall of Fame quarterbacks' inability to put them in the proper position against a bottom feeder. That defense got screwed over. Okay. By an offense, I not the other way the around. De- like the Cam defense Hayward didn't was look as dominant as it's supposed to. Eight possessions that's in the fair. first I mean, half. That's fair. Only three first downs. A lot of short fields. All I'm so here's my question: Outside of Patrick Mahomes, which quarterback do you trust the most in the playoffs? Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold twenty ounce Dr. Pepper today. Which quarterback do you trust in the playoffs? More than Patrick Mahomes. Let us know. From the top of the AFC North to the bottom of the NFL, what should the Jets do if they have the second pick? Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So the Jets. The <laughs> Jets. The Jets go out and they win a game against the Rams somehow. Um, the Rams looked absolutely awful. That's for another day. And so now they found, find themselves in a position where they have one win on their schedule, just like the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so the two of them have the same schedule. And because of the way the scheduling goes... They the both Jags have the same record. Have same record. I'm yeah. sorry. And because of the way the scheduling goes, the Jags will pick first, and now the Jets will pick second. And it Greeny's right. Like you have nothing now. Like this is what you were plant. You were losing because, and everyone was okay with it because you were going to have the number one pick in it's the draft. The worst win in NFL history. History. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I'll take that. It's the worst win. You're missing out on the most surefire guy coming into this draft that's going to hit since Andrew Luck. 
And if Andrew Luck stayed healthy, we know what he would have been. Yeah. We saw what he was able to do when healthy on the field. I mean, this is Peyton Manning coming to your franchise. This is this is one of those kind of picks is, in Trevor Lawrence. That is a very who I think is going to who, who I think should win the Heisman, and I think will go on to win the CFP, and maybe we'll be able to have that conversation at some point over the next few days uh, while we're here filling in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Uh, but I do think this is interesting, Shay, because you kind of set the table on what the Jacksonville Jags and New York Jets are now uh, having flop positions. Jags now have that number one pick. Well, ideally, if they hold it, go get Trevor Lawrence. The Jets miss out. It's massive. But what if we could kind of tinker with how this thing's set up? You know I hate the word tinker. I know you hate the word tinker. I I apologize. What if we could kind of mess with this thing, rejigger the setup of how it works here? And maybe, and Steve on our production team came up with this idea. I can't take the credit. It's a brilliant idea. But it has holes, so we need to talk through it. What if you take the Jags and you take the Jets and you put them in the postseason? Not in the way that you think you put them in the postseason. You have them play fittingly on a Thursday that leads into wild card weekend. Jets, Jags, what are they playing for? Not a chance at the Super Bowl and to further progress in the postseason. But the winner of that game between the Jets and the Jags gets the first pick in the draft. Love it. Add some intrigue, give another game. Yep. What do you think? I, I think it's a brilliant idea. I absolutely think it's a brilliant idea. And then there's people sitting at home like, who? why would some of these players want to play for the future? Because they're playing for their own future as well. Maybe they're playing for contracts. Maybe they're playing for a specific coaching staff. Maybe they're playing for their own record books. Whatever it is, but it creates some serious intrigue between two losing franchises. And then you're not going out every single week as a fan of these teams Rooting for them to lose. You want your fans to celebrate a win. Yes. I, I, to watch, it wasn't being conflicted. I mean, all of the New York Jets fan base was furious at that win. Players are going to go out there and they want to compete to win. So I don't know if that'll be as much of a problem. You're probably thinking, well, so wait, Sam Darnold's going to go out there for the Jets, play in this game that you've created, Cornets, and, and understanding that it's to usurp him as the franchise quarterback. Well, how's he going to go out there and play? I don't know. Get creative with it. At the end of the day, it's another game that the fans would consume. Okay, why would the players play, Shay? Scratch. They're going to get paid. It's another, it's game, another game check, check for them. And like you said, it's an audition for these guys to maybe go elsewhere if their contracts are inspi- expiring or for them to re-up there. Um, ultimately, it, it, the NFLPA would probably never go for this. But I think it's a cool idea. I do. I think it's actually a fantastic idea. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. So the question becomes, this is not going to happen, obviously. Not at least this year. So the Jets have the number two pick. What do you do? You're not going to get Trevor Lawrence at this point. Do you go Justin Fields or do you go a different route? Or do you keep Sam Darnold and you trade away the pick? I mean, what do you do? I am in the camp where I think you can, at this point, do I think Trevor Lawrence would have been a great fit in New York? Yes. Do I think he could have changed the franchise? Yes. It's not going to happen now. So what do I it think? It may not happen. It's not may guaranteed. Not. Okay, you're right. I may, it may not happen you now. You know who the Jags have next? <sighs> the Jags have the Browns. Do they, the, are, are, no, the Jets have the Browns. The Jags have the Bears next. The Bear, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I thought that. Anyways. And that's a possibility of a win You're throwing me off my Jets. game. Yeah, sorry. My point is, I think you can build around Sam Darnold. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but it is true. You have who a new can, coordinator. You, you want have the Jets new... to stay with Sam Darnold? Jordan, you don't have a lot of options. And I'm sorry. Actually... I think I think Justin Fields is a great quarterback, but he's turnover prone. He is not. I don't think he is the top prospect like Trevor Lawrence is. I do not. That's what we're doing here. And so I think if you are the Jets and you can bring in some help and a capable coaching staff, let's be real here. Look what Ryan Tannehill has become after he left Adam Gates. Look what Josh Rosen has become. 
Like there's Josh Rosen though is an anomaly. I understand. So is Ryan Tannehill. But no, what, I, I, Rosen's what has, not an anomaly. That good quarterbacks in college maybe go to a position in, in the NFL and set up to fail. But then maybe they just aren't good enough. Maybe it just didn't work out for them, or maybe their confidence is shot to Rosen. a point where it never works for them. There's been multiple teams with I'll Rosen. give you this. Darnold's I'll, still on the same team. I'll give you this. Darnold, his position players in college were better than the ones he's been dealing with in the NFL. And probably how it was set up from a, a coaching standpoint was probably better in college than it was in the NFL. I, I get those things. He had Rojo. He had Juju Smith-Schuster. He had better playmakers around him at USC. And then if you change a coordinator and a coaching staff to make him the best capable quarterback he can be, I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but it would make him better, no Give doubt. Give me Justin Fields if you're the Jets. That's one of the options that's better than keeping Sam Darnold. What I will be willing to concede is Sam Darnold can maybe go elsewhere and be better. But he needs to change the scenery. He can't be the guy there. So go get Justin Fields at number two. Heck, go get Zach Wilson from BYU if you think he's the guy at number two. Or what you can also do, because we know what the Jets are and how many problems that the Jets have, go ahead and trade down. Give up number two and take in a haul of other things. I'm looking back to 2016, the Eagles. They traded two first-round picks, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick to the Browns to move up to number two. They took Carson Wentz. We won't go down that path. But look how we're talking about the Browns now. The Browns took in that hole, and look where the Browns are today. So for the Jets, trade the pick. Go get a bunch of other people. Then sure, Shea, ride with Sam Darnold or do whatever the heck you want. Or maybe you trade the pick, you get all this other draft capital, and maybe you decide to take on a guy like Carson Wentz. Maybe because okay. Joe Douglas has a history with him, maybe you do something like that. Maybe that's the play. Maybe that's the play. I just But to me, your suggestion of Sam Darnold ain't it. I mean, I hear you on a change of scenery. I just think a change of a coaching staff and leadership and the way things are run around there and help around him could make him a better quarterback. There are examples in the National Football League. Look at Alex Smith. So if you keep look at Ryan Tannehill. If you keep Sam Darnold, what do you do in the draft? Take Sewell from Oregon. Take the left. Take sure. another. Take another. Get some prime protection for him. Exactly. Line. And then get some weapons for him. Help him out got, on defense. You already got Becked in there. It, it, Yes, help him in any way you can. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests. Join us in the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line where Shay and Jordan Cornette, we are filling in. We are happy to be doing so. So a former number two overall pick who has gone, gone from a potential MVP to OUT. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Welcome back. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. You want to be a part of the show? Dr. Pepper, call in line 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, what quarterback do you trust most in the playoffs? Let us know. I'm Shay Pepler-Cornette filling in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, as is my husband over there smiling at me. Jordan Cornette, we're happy to... Happy to welcome in Sal Palantonio right now. He's our ESPN NFL reporter, and he's also the host of ESPN NFL Matchup Show on Saturdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Sal Pal, hope you're doing well this morning. Okay, there's a lot of buzz going on in Philadelphia, and it starts with Jalen Hurts. He's got two starts under his belt, and he is doing things that we have not seen from a Philly quarterback in a minute. What is kind of the, the notion around Philly fans in terms of Jalen Hurts and wanting him to remain the starter? Oh, that's an interesting question. You know, there are a lot of polls out there, <clears throat> uh, radio stations, newspapers, Twitter polls, and people are pretty split. I think people are split. Obviously, they've fallen in love with Jalen Hurts and his toughness and his playmaking ability because it's in stark contrast from what they've seen so far from Carson Wentz this year. But there's a lot of love still for Carson Wentz in town. You know, mm. Carson Wentz is a uh, Community leader, he's been uh, at the forefront of many charities in town. Um, And obviously, that Super Bowl year doesn't happen without Carson Wentz and his performance up until he got injured in Los Angeles and blew out his knee. So there's still quite a bit of love for Carson Wentz, but people understand that there's going to have to be a choice. And people are taking sides based on what they've seen in the first two games, and they like what they've seen from Jalen Hurts. Sal, I, it was it was interesting listening to Rex Ryan. It's always entertaining, and he kind of went on a little bit of a rant on Get Up, talking about how Carson Wentz is a crybaby for saying that he doesn't want to be the backup and he'd want to be uh, relocated. I, I thought it was entertaining. I'm not sure if it was fair from Coach Rex Ryan uh, to say that about Carson Wentz. And then he went on further to say the, the organization, the fan base, uh, how could they want a guy like this? What was your reaction to Carson Wentz uh, making those statements? Well, Carson Wentz hasn't made any statements. Um, so far, we've had, um, you know, obviously corroborated stories by our best NFL reporter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best NFL reporter there is, Adam Schefter, um, you know, suggesting that there are people around Carson Wentz and maybe himself who would like to move on if he's the number two quarterback. For well, A, I don't know anybody who wants to be the number two quarterback after being the number one quarterback in the same city. So to me, that's a perfectly natural thing to say that you don't want to play back up to Jalen Hurts and you'd rather have a fresh start. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying that he hasn't said it publicly. Um, All I know about Carson Wentz is he's always been a team guy since he got here. Nobody's interviewed him more than I have at ESPN. And I've always found him to be on the up and up and to be a team player and support his teammates and support his coaching staff. So um, if he wants to play somewhere else because Jalen Hurts has become the number one quarterback, can you blame him? If I were him, uh, I certainly would want a fresh start somewhere else if I thought I could get a, a starting job, say, in Indianapolis. Or how about the New York Jets? Joe Douglas is there. He was in Philly. They uh, won the game in Los Angeles. They probably are not going to get Trevor Lawrence. 
Could you see Carson Wentz traded to the Jets? I mean, there's lots of plausible opportunities for him to go elsewhere. And, you know, I, I think it's the last time I looked, the NFL was a multi-billion dollar business that always treats the players in the end as part of that business model. So why, as a player, wouldn't you want to take care of your own business? Yeah, a- absolutely, Sal. And before you joined us, I was I was suggesting the idea, I remember, Shay, of uh, Carson Wentz being a fantastic fit for the Jets because I do think he needs a change of scenery, and I do think he can play high-level football and be the guy that's a franchise quarterback uh, if he goes somewhere else. If you were to look into your crystal ball, Sal, how do you envision mm-hmm. this playing out for Carson Wentz? Yeah, I don't play the crystal ball thing. I think I'm, you know, <laughs> I'd rather do the reporting, but I'll tell you this. <laughs> If, no, and it's a, it's a legitimate question. It's one that I get asked everywhere all of the time. Uh, you know, I live here. The guy who delivers my mail is an Eagles fan. The guy who cuts my lawn, the guy who cuts my hair. Everywhere, all the time. And it's a legitimate question, and I simply don't have the answer to this. But I'll answer it this way. If Doug Peterson and that coaching staff doesn't do a better job of protecting Jalen Hurts, in the next two games, this is not even a conversation we're going to have about who's going to be the starting quarterback because Jalen Hurts is not the size of Carson Wentz. He was sacked, brutally sacked six times and hit and pressured multiple times in that game against Arizona. Everybody in the world knows that Vance Joseph is the most blitzing defensive coordinator in the league. The percentages are super high. Arizona blitzes. They blitzed over 50% of Jalen Hurts' dropbacks. The league average per game is somewhere around 33 or 35%. They came after him with five, six, seven guys. There were times where I thought that Jalen Hurts was not going to get up. And as Ryan Clark said, he proved to be super tough. But you can only take so much punishment if you're 6'1", 215 pounds at the quarterback position. They better do a better job of pass protection using tight ends, jumbo packages, blitz protection in the next two games because it's on tape. In the second half against New Orleans, Dennis Allen came after Jalen Hurts. All game long, Vance Joseph came after Jalen Hurts. You know the Cowboys are going to come after him this weekend. I'm telling you right now, if you look at the tape of that game, and I have, we're not even having this conversation of Hurts versus Wentz if they don't start protecting Jalen Hurts because Carson Wentz got brutalized, if you remember, the first uh, 12, 13 games that he was in there. So they got to protect this young man. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, quickly before we let you go, Sal Pal. So no doubt Jalen Hurts has come in and given this offense a spark. However he has done it, it yeah. it's, it's very visible, right? I know they just came off a loss, yep. but yet still they played very close. So the question I have is, is why is Doug Peterson so hesitant to just go on and just call Jalen Hurts the starter after these games, after a win, after he's played so well? Why does he have to wait a day or two to confirm that he will start for the next game? You know, because this is all new to Doug. I'm not going to make excuses for his hesitancy, but... You know, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He, he said he was married to Carson Wentz. He said earlier in the year it would send the wrong message to the team if he changed quarterbacks they were giving up on the season. He's trying to figure out how to go forward here. This is uncharted territory for everybody. 
So I'm going to give I'm going to give Doug Peterson the benefit of the doubt and allow him to study the tape as a head coach should to look at this young man after two starts and see <clears throat> whether or not he's going to stick with him or go back to Carson Wentz. I think he has earned that right. He made the playoffs for three straight years. This is the first time in four years he's not probably not going to make the playoffs. If Washington beats Carolina and Sunday, they're eliminated. The Eagles are eliminated. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And this is a really difficult choice that they have to make, given the money, the behind-the-scenes politics of it all, the fact that these two quarterbacks couldn't be more different. One's a dual-threat quarterback, one's a drop-back quarterback. And I, th- I think this is a tough, tough decision for Doug Peterson and this organization. And I'm going to let them go through the process of making this decision without being prejudging it, but without prejudging the situation in any way, shape, or form. All right. Sal Palantonio knows it better than anyone. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you for having me on the show. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Same to you, Sal. Pal. Thank you. So, okay, he says some interesting things there. I think, obviously, he's giving both Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson the benefit of the doubt here because of what they've built there in Philadelphia. And he makes a good point. That is fair. That is fair to do. But from someone who's from the outside looking in, who is not living in Philadelphia, who has not covered this team as closely and who maybe doesn't have as long of a leash, and I'm not giving them as big of a benefit of the doubt, and maybe that's just, you know, a hasty attitude. But to me, it sometimes feels like, there's confusion because of the money that Carson Wentz has been paid. Well, no question. And because you don't want to hurt his feelings. And then when you have reports that are coming out saying he doesn't want to be the backup quarterback, well, of course, no one wants to be. He's right in that sense. Like anyone would But that's say why, that. uh, can I interrupt really quick? Yes, that, of that's what was really fascinating to me, too, because this is how things snowball, right? Uh, Sal did a great job of, of making sure to clarify. When I asked the question, I said these statements from Carson Wentz that he's unhappy being the backup which I would understand, uh, to, to feel that. And I said the statements Wentz is making about being the backup and wanting to go somewhere else. And Shay, what did Sal, Sal quickly correct me on? Well, he never made those statements. He didn't make those statements. They are reports, which it means, yes, they're, they're true. They're coming from Shefty. That makes them accurate. But the bigger thing is, this isn't Carson Wentz getting up somewhere and saying, I'm not happy being the backup. I don't care what Jalen Hurts is doing to help us win. I don't want to be here. He's not doing that. And I think that's a little bit unfair when people want to kind of mold this narrative that this is a guy being a crybaby and doesn't have the best interests of the team is a me guy. No, he's a guy that doesn't want to be a backup. He's driven like any other athlete or human but, who's competitive, okay. but he's not being a distraction because he's not coming out making these comments. They're merely reports. I hear you. But at the same time, like, let's look at Cam Newton, for example. How many times was Cam Newton benched in the fourth quarter this year? Was it three, two? I've lost count. Point is, after a game, we weren't asking Cam Newton. I get his contract structure is completely different. And I understand it's two different quarterbacks. But the conversation then wasn't, well, what if you become the backup to Jared Stidham? That was not the conversation. And had it been, we would have all been dogging Cam Newton and saying, why are we having these conversations? You didn't play well, so you were benched. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, he didn't play well, so that's why he's become the backup But you're going to be unhappy that's, no matter who okay, you but, are okay, if but, you get moved. But to me, the better answer would be, let's evaluate it after the season. But again, he hasn't come out and said anything. So you're asking for a better answer. He hasn't given anything in front of a microphone. 
That hasn't happened yet. So in, in the reports coming from Shefty, which, of course, we know to be accurate because, again, it's the best in the business doing it in Shefty, but it's not like Carson Wentz has come up in front of the team in a press conference and said these things. And I do think there's a, there's a huge difference there in that regard. To be upset, come on, Shea, you can't say the guy can't be upset. For him to want to go somewhere else after what's gone down there, just you can look at the longer history. I mean, Carson Wentz, successor in the regular season, uh, inability to stay healthy, a backup quarterback, Nick Foles, leads them to a Super Bowl. I mean, you're uh, the one that says all the most meaningful games are the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz has been on the bench That's for. true. And I think when it's gone as far south as it has this year, and by all accounts it seems like everything else is going to be in place for the Eagles in terms of management, in terms of everything moving forward, let's not forget that Jalen Hurts was drafted in the second round last year that spoke to, yeah, we gave our quarterback, Carson Wentz, $100 million, but we also went and got a backup. A backup. In the second round. Not a replacement. In the second round. That's a very high value spot to go get a replacement. So all those things come together with this awful season that he's had. Maybe the confidence that he lacks in an Eagles uniform anymore. Change of scenery is good for everybody in some degree. And if Carson Wentz does indeed want that somewhere else, I for one, if I were a franchise like yours in Chicago that had an opportunity to go get a guy like Carson Wentz, I'd watch what I say about him now because you're going to be cheering very loudly on him for him when he's playing effective football for quite possibly your Chicago Bears at some Me, point. Me? Watch what I say? Not something I'm good at. <laughs> also, I don't like this narrative with the draft. What has Philly always had? A very capable backup. What do we say about teams like the Cowboys who have Andy Dalton? And you can go down the list uh, at Drew Brees and Jameis Winston in New Orleans. When you have a capable backup, usually these franchises are applauded. So them going out and getting Jalen Hurts, not as a replacement, but simply as someone to back up and learn from Carson Wentz, I didn't have a problem with that. And I don't like this narrative that teams can't do that. In fact, there might be teams, <clears throat> the Steelers, that could be in big trouble for not doing that because they aren't preparing for it. Like, let's just keep it real. All right, beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can, having the newsmakers you'd expect to interact with you every single day from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right to Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. All right, let's go from A to Z. A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Tenant, starring da- John David Washington and Robert Pattinson. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. All right, here we go. The heat and trade pursuit of James Harden. After having a lot of talks about a Harden trade, the Heat have moved on and will not pursue the Rocket Star. Sources confirmed to ESPN. Here is James Harden going full Drew Rosenhaus. James, now that you've been in camp for about a week, do you feel any better about this situation now than you did before you arrived? Next question. Okay, I I can't be the bad guy for every single topic. So if you want to take this, go ahead. But to me, I'm over James Harden and his attitude. Well, clearly this thing's not going to play out where he stays in a Houston Rockets uniform for the remainder of this season. I I was intrigued by the Miami move because – uh, a change of culture, given the reports that have come out of Houston that it's been whatever James wants, whenever he wants it, and that's led that franchise to take a nosedive. Him joining the Miami Heat, that culture, Jimmy Butler, Pat Riley, Coach Spo, would have been intriguing. Now wherever he goes, it's going to be much of the same, unless 
it somehow ends up being Brooklyn. I don't see that. I think it ends up maybe being him, most likely Daryl Morey, Philadelphia 76ers, Doc Rivers, and Joel Embiid, and Simmons gets moved. And if so, it's going to feel like the same story we've always seen with James Harden. So the intrigue to me is mostly gone because wherever he goes, I think it's going to be a predictable scenario that plays out. And that's why it's unfortunate it didn't end up in Miami. Because if it had... Wow, would that have been fascinating to watch. I just wonder, why did they end their pursuit? Why? It's just sometimes his attitude with the eye roll meme and then constantly in these press conferences, you can just sense the fact that he doesn't want to be there. Dude, you're still getting paid. You still have a job. Like, I'm not trying to beat the drum to, like, just be happy where you are and don't go get what you want. I get it. We're all achieving to do more and be in a happier place. I understand that. If you want out, that's fine. But stop with the attitude. It's a different league. It's a different league, Shay. I just, these guys oh, have frustrates the, me. These athletes now have the ability to say, I don't like it here, and I want to go somewhere else. It's like a, a ja- temper tantrum. James Harden was able to bring in different combinations of guys. I want Chris Paul. No. I want Russ Rusbrook. No, it didn't work either. I now want to leave. And at every turn, it's going to happen. And that's just simply how it works. Let me tell you this. If you start kicking and screaming in our house that you want things changed and I don't do it for you and you act like this, you're not living with me anymore. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you for a heads up. The NBA regular season tips off tonight with the Warriors at Kevin Durant's Nets and the Lakers hosting the Clippers at the Staples Center. Lakers Clippers can be heard on ESPN Radio with coverage beginning at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. I can't believe the NBA is back. I feel like we blinked and we were in the bubble a minute ago. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to the NFL. Bruce Arian says there is no doubt that he can rely on Tom Brady to get them out of first half holes. The Bucks trailed by 17 against the Falcons on Sunday, and Brady led them to a 31-27 comeback win in Atlanta. It was Brady's seventh career win when trailing by 17 or more points. Here's Bruce Arians after the win. First halves of ball games, uh, if it's 50-50, I, I love where we're at. The sense of urgency in the locker room at a halftime, it was a very calm, it was very calm by him. Yeah. Just let's go make a play. We got the ball. Let's go make a play. And we go down the score. So it, uh, it lit a fire in the offense. Defensively, I was really disappointed when they answered that with another touchdown. But uh, you know, I think our defense needs to, uh, to reevaluate themselves a little bit and get back to what we're, what we're supposed to be doing and what we're capable of doing. Okay, I agree with him there. The defense hasn't been playing well. I'm I'm going to stop with my hot takes after this because I feel like I've been very mean this first hour. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to keep going with this one. Here's how I feel about this comeback notion with the Bucks. Let's first keep in mind they were playing the Falcons, which we joke all day long. It's like the Falcons and the Lions constantly give up fourth quarter leads. So let's not pat anyone on the back for coming back against the Falcons. I don't care if it's Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, you can go down the line. That's first of all. Second of all, this notion that Bruce Arians has presented that Tom Brady is suddenly just a fourth quarter quarterback is crap. Like, that's not true. That is not true. There have been multiple games where you have seen Tom Brady play very well from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Is he capable of mounting a comeback? Yes, that's why we call him the GOAT. Of course he is. But that is not generally who he has been over the past few decades. Just a fourth quarter comeback. In addition to that, uh, Bruce Arians said the other day that he doesn't understand why his team can't go out and play 60 minutes. They can play 30 minutes of good football and they can't play 60 minutes. Typically, when you look at teams... And they go out in the first quarter and they look really good. It's because these coaches have scripted plays, obviously. They're prepared for their opponent. Yes, this is good. Okay? And then sometimes the other team figures out what they're doing and adjustments are made. And then the game changes. 
It's like for the Bucks, it's completely reversed. They go out and they look almost lost, like a completely different football team in every phase of the game. Because it's Arians. Offense, defense, special teams. Because who's scheming and who's planning what's coming? Coach Arians out of the gate. And then he says, We go into halftime and Tom Brady's giving a message like we're gonna go out and make a play. So Tom Brady's the one calling the shots in the second half, and what do we have? A better Bucks team in the second half. Is this surprising to anyone? No, that doesn't mean Tom Brady's a fourth quarter quarterback. It means he's figuring out what's happening, and by the second half, he's had enough of it. Just just a reminder that Tom Brady's one and four versus playoff teams this year. Jameis Winston was zero and six versus playoff teams. Another reminder that the Bucks averaged twenty eight point six points per game this year. They averaged twenty eight point six points per game last year. So, not necessarily to your point, just much to say. Tom Brady experiment is still up in the air right now. If we're talking trust, I'm not sure how much we have in the Bucks, but we will later on in the show talk about how high a level of trust we have in playoff quarterbacks. That'll be an interesting discussion. Has the clock struck midnight on Big Ben's career? Speaking of quarterbacks, that's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 